0: Yeah, I am always excited when folks decide to join the church and uh, especially in this season when uh, we have been apart from each other for so long. And uh, so what a joy that has been. For those of you who may not be members and may be considering that, our next new member class will be in January and we do it in a hybrid kind of way. So the first session uh, we gather here uh, at Cooper Road for dinner and, uh, and then talk about what uh, membership is, involves. And then over the next five weeks, we send you a link to a video that we've produced here, uh, about a 10 or 15 minute long video. And you watch that uh, whenever it's convenient for you. And then at the end of that, we gather here back here at the church for a dessert. We like to feed people apparently. And uh, for those who are ready to make the commitment of membership, they actually join that night. And uh, so our new member class is just one more example that hope is alive and growing, and I'm excited to share that with you. So here's a little pop quiz. What do these three movies share in common? What do these three movies share in common? A Christmas Carol by Dickens, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, and Elf. What do they share in common? They're holiday movies, for one, but the thing about them is that they are all stories about a journey. Scrooge goes through a journey that takes him through his past, his present, and his future, and he ends up finding his heart. Trains, Planes, and Automobiles is a wild adventure of a journey back home where, after a crazy series of circumstances, the main character refines his heart. And then, of course, Elf. Elf is the story of a journey through the seven levels of the candy cane forest the swirly-twirly gumdrop sea through the Lincoln Tunnel, finding a home that he never knew that he had. In each of these stories, they leave these characters, end up leaving that which is familiar and going on a wild, challenging, and life-changing adventure. As we begin this new series that we're calling Home Away From Home, we're saying that, in essence, to say yes to Jesus starts you on a long journey, a transformational, life-changing journey that is full of challenges and unexpected opportunities, and unparalleled blessings. And it is life-changing. The journey that we take with Jesus, when we say yes to Jesus, it's not an invitation to a safe journey. And the whole idea of being safe is a myth. We talked about that Last week in the message last week as we were closing out that series, Jesus told us that in this life you will have troubles. That's just a regular part, a normal part of life. It's not about being safe. It is about being resilient. And even though it may not always be safe, this journey that we take with Jesus is always, always good. He takes us on a good journey, this life-changing, challenging, wild journey. And it's always good. So in this series, we're going to be looking at the people who were there for that very first Christmas over 2,000 years ago. and looking at the journey that they took, a journey that took them away from home, and home being that place that is familiar and comfortable to an unknown place, a place that they have never been before. And really what we're saying is that Jesus and following Jesus takes us to our heart's truest home, And our heart's truest home is not a place, but a relationship. St. Augustine put it this way. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, God. Our hearts are restless until they find their home in God. No one's journey in that whole first Christmas was more extraordinary more impactful, more life-changing, perhaps, than Mary. Her journey began with very unusual circumstances. If you know that story, then you know how it began, right? If you don't know the story, you can read it for yourself in Luke's Gospel, the first chapter. And you will read of... An angel named Gabriel who appears to a young virgin in Nazareth. And this is what the angel begins by saying. He says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings. The Lord is with you. You're highly favored. And Mary's response when she hears this greeting is that she is deeply troubled by this greeting. And as I've been pondering on that, like, what what was going on with Mary when she heard that greeting from Gabriel? I thought, you know, she had to get her head and her heart wrapped around three profound truths in that moment as he brings that greeting, and he follows that greeting then by telling her what's going to be happening in her life should she say yes. So let's look at, real quickly, these three profound truths that Mary had to get her head and her heart wrapped around before she could begin this journey. The first thing she had to come to terms with was the fact that the God of the universe... The God who created it all knew her intimately, by name, Mary. Can you imagine having that reality hit you in such an unusual and profound way? That one from heaven, one who stands next to the throne of God, comes down and says, God knows you. God knows you. And I would imagine that in her mind she's thinking, how is that possible? How could God know me? I'm just a young woman in a poor town. How is it that God would know me? One of her ancient ancestors, King David, pondered this same question and wrote about it in the 8th Psalm when he wrote these words, who is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? David was looking at the vastness of the universe and saying, who are human beings, God, that you would consider us? all the way down to the most intimate individual. This recognition that we are so insignificant in the face of creation. Marilyn and I had this experience when we were in Ghana on a mission trip. We were there for a month and the last day we were there we spent at the beach and we were standing waist-deep in this beautiful Atlantic Ocean and just taking in the sights and so forth. And then Marilyn said, you know, it's crazy to think about this. This is the very same ocean that we stand in when we're in Ocean City. And yet we're thousands of miles away from home. And just the sense of the vastness, the bigness of God's creation. Who are we that God would know us? And yet, the Scripture tells us that God knows us intimately. Hairs on our head. Closer to us than breath itself. So it's one thing to know that as a concept, right? I mean, I believe that. I would affirm that in faith. But when you're confronted by the reality of that, God who created it all knows you by name and everything about you. The second profound truth, I think, that Mary had to get her head and her heart wrapped around in that same moment is this idea of you are highly favored. You are highly favored. Or it could be translated, you are blessed by, you are graced by, you are loved by God. God knows you intimately, he knows all about you. And I think as you think about that, as she thought about that, One of the things she must have thought is, oh my gosh, God knows me that intimately. That means God knows the unkind words I have said to other people. God knows those impure thoughts that have flashed through my head. God knows about those times that I've gossiped. How could God love me? Knowing all of that, About me. How can I be favored when I fall so far short? But here's the thing God didn't esteem Mary, favor Mary, because of who she was. That tells us what the angel told Mary, tells us more about the nature of God then it tells us about the nature of Mary. God's grace-filled. God is loving. God cares about us, not because of who we are and how good we are. God cares for us because of God's grace. And then the third thing that Mary had to get her mind and her heart wrapped around was this thought everything that gabriel just told me means that my whole life is going to be different than i thought it was going to be everything i imagined my life to be is going to change This is going to change my relationship with Joseph. It's going to change my relationship with my community. It's going to change my relationship with my own body, knowing that the way that I will be with child is going to be through this miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. Everything that I thought my life was going to be about is going to change And so here is Mary, in this moment, standing at a crossroads with a thousand questions and a hundred reasons why this is a bad idea. I'm not worthy, I'm not ready, I'm not competent or capable to do this. All of this going through her mind. And yet her response in that moment to Gabriel, to God, is yes. Yes. And actually she said more than just yes, didn't she? So in that moment, what Mary actually says in Luke 138, it's recorded this way. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me. uh, May your word be. To me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. This young woman says, in essence, I belong to God. I belong to God. Bring it on. All of that stuff that you said, bring it on. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to follow. I don't think it's any wonder that God chose Mary. not because she was perfect, as some tried to create her to be. Some try to create this image of Mary of this perfect woman, this perfect person. And that's why God chose her, and I don't think that's it at all. But what I do think is that she was faithful, that she trusted. God with her whole self, with her whole self. This reminds me of a scripture. It'll be familiar to some of you. Some of you may even have this scripture as a life verse, something that you uh, use all the time that really defines your faith. For others of you, this may be something that you haven't heard before. It may be brand new, and so I would encourage you: if this is new to you, write the reference down, read it on your own, meditate on it. Yeah, meditate on it. Meditate on it. You're, uh, is that all right? Okay. I lost in the thought there. Meditate it. Meditate it. Why do I keep doing it? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? read the thing think about it right here's the scripture reference Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 Proverbs chapter 3 5 and 6 if you don't know what that is write that down put it in your phone Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 and this is what it says it'll be a little different in different translations but this is what it says Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. This is Mary's verse. This is what Mary did. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And in that In the Hebrew, the idea of the heart is that center place of your life, that deep place in your life, the life force of your existence, your heart, the central part of who you are. Trust in the Lord with the central part of who you are, with the life force that you have within you. It's like another scripture that Jesus Uh, taught when he said that the greatest commandment right is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul with all your strength, with everything that you've got, love God it's a similar kind of thing, trust God with everything that you've got put your full trust into God then it says don't lean on your own understanding don't lean on your own understanding If Mary leaned on her own understanding, her response to Gabriel in that moment would have been no. This doesn't make any sense, I can't figure this all out, I've got all of these questions, all of these doubts. No, I can't do that. To lean not on your own understanding, this isn't a rejection of sound thinking, but it's a recognition that even our best thinking, even our best ideas, fall short because there's only so much information that we have. There's only so much awareness that we have of what's going on around us right now, of what's coming in the future. So to lean on your own understanding, that word lean means literally to put your full weight on. Don't put the full weight of your life on your capacity, your ability to understand things. Why? Because you're going to fall. Because no matter how smart you may be, how informed you may think you are, there is so much more going on that we, can't, we don't know and can't know. Don't lean on your own understanding. And man, I've seen this played out in so many situations in my own life, in my family's life, in the lives of people around me. I could tell story after story after story of that. I could tell you about Pastor Heather. When she first joined our staff about 16 or 17 years ago, she was our director of children's ministry and she began her time with us by telling me, just so I know, this church won't have a preschool. No preschool, right? I don't want to do that, I don't... there was no preschool. I was fine with it. we weren't thinking about a preschool. Some two years later, she came up to me and said, I think we should have a preschool. (laughs) Like, what? She said, I know, I don't want to, but I feel that God is calling us to do this. We don't know how to do a preschool, we don't know what that means, but I feel that God is calling us to start a preschool, and so we did. Pastor Rick, in starting a campus in Mount Laurel, it wasn't because we knew how to do that, we didn't know how to do that, but we felt God calling us to do that. And so, not leaning on our own understanding, but putting our trust in God, we started that. Pastor Dave. When Pastor Dave started on our staff, he gave up a lucrative position in a family business, took a massive pay cut to come on staff. Not leaning on his own understanding, but trusting with his whole heart. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. With all of your life, with every aspect of your life, acknowledge that God is present. In your work life, in your family life, in your financial life, in your recreational life, in all of your life, acknowledge that God is there. God is present. And he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. He will direct your life. He will lead you on this journey. And that means that nothing that happens to you, good or not good, will happen apart from him. This doesn't mean that God causes the things that happen in our lives. God doesn't cause all of those things that go on in our lives to happen. But what it means is that in everything, he will lead you through it as you trust in him. And that ultimately, he will bring good, even from the bad stuff that happens. Romans 8, 28 puts it this way. God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God works all things, the good things, the bad things, the hard things, the blessings, the disappointments, the struggles, the joys, the hopes, the dreams, all things. God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, who trust him with their whole heart and don't lean on their own understanding. God will take us through this life journey, bringing good things in the midst of it all. And so Mary's yes to Jesus Her yes to Jesus, literally saying, I will take Jesus inside myself, changed her life profoundly and forever. And God used her to change the lives of others, including us, right, here today. So we're going to move into communion, and as we prepare for communion, I want to ask you this question. Have you said your yes to Jesus? Have you said, yes, Lord, I want you to be the one who forgives my sin, who makes me right in the eyes of a holy God. I want you, Jesus, to be the leader of my life. Have you said yes to Jesus? And if you haven't said yes to Jesus, today is the perfect day. This is the perfect time. With all of the questions that you still have, with all of the uncertainties that you still have, with all of the reasons that you might be able to give why you're not ready, this might be the perfect day for you to say yes to Jesus. And to simply pray that prayer, Lord Jesus, forgive my sin. Come into my life and lead me. I trust you. If that's a prayer that you have prayed at some point in your life, the question I would ask you is, are you trusting him with all of your heart? Or are you in a season right now where you're more about trusting your own understanding, leaning on your own understanding more than you are trusting him? And maybe this is a time for you to move in a new direction. To put those doubts and fears aside and to say, Lord, I do trust you. In the situation that I find myself in, in this situation, time of my life right now. Lord, I trust you with my whole heart. Lead me. So we're going to receive communion. The way we're going to do it is um, I'm going to share the description of communion with you. And then Susie's going to just play uh, piano for a couple of minutes. Take communion at your own pace, right? Take a little time before you receive the elements to do a little business with God. And so, friends, in that upper room 2,000 years ago, Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. Let's give thanks. Lord, for this the symbol of your body broken for us that we might experience the forgiveness of our sin. We give you thanks and praise. And after he prayed, Jesus broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat for this is my body which is broken for you. As often as you shall do this, do so in remembrance of me. And likewise, after they had eaten the bread, Jesus took the cup and gave it to his disciples saying, this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you shall drink of this cup, do so in remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. And so I want you to take some time to pray, to think, to meditate and then take the elements into yourself, literally taking the sacrifice of Christ into your body. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you loved us so much that you came to be among us, to show us your way, to teach us your truth, and to offer to us a new life, an abundant life, and the hope and promise of eternal life through Christ. And Lord, as we enter this time of Advent, with all that's going to be happening over the course of the next month, Lord, I pray that we not lose sight of the simple and yet profound good news that you are with us, that you know us intimately that you love us deeply and that you invite us into a journey to follow you to find our heart's true home. And I pray, Lord, that we would be faithful, trusting you with our whole heart. I pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people agreed and said, "Amen." Amen. Hey, have a great week, everybody.